Yo. It's been a minute since you heard them sirens, man. It has been a long time since you've heard those sirens. Nah, that ain't the police outside. That ain't no ambulance. That's not the fire trucks. Guys, it's emergency podcast time. So let's get to it. You are listening to the world famous Behind the Baller podcast. 100% professional podcasting brought to you by none other than the Dust Brothers. Guys, I am your host, Ben Yang, a.k.a. President of Daddy Gang, the CEO of Yang Gang, co-founder, CEO of CBC, a.k.a. Crazy Boy Crew. Guys, got a little bit of Lakey Lake in the background. That's just to kind of lighten things up because I got some shit on my mind. All right. But yo, let's get it popping. I've been holding this in for 40 years. London's age, man. All right. Playing a little league baseball game. We're down by one run. I go up to bat. And I had a bad habit of throwing the bat after I hit the ball. And the umpire told me, my coach, whole team, everyone on the field, if Yang throws the bat, he's out. And that's it. It's a true story. This was a little league in Monterey Park, California. All right. Archie Liftland. Never forget that dude, man. So we're down by a run. We got runners on second and third. I'm up to bat. First pitch, kind of high. Second pitch is a strike. Third pitch, meatball. I nailed that bitch. Line drive. And yep, I threw the fucking bat. Right then and there, the umpire says, you're out of here we lost I remember the whole team fucking cussing me out getting mad angry I don't know what the fuck was wrong with me I don't know what was going on man it was one of probably the 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 three or four games my mom has ever attended in my lifetime and I looked at her and she had this face of disgust I didn't want to hear have my uniform on She met me as I was walking towards, you know, far to my auntie's house. She says, what are you doing? Why'd you do that? What the hell's wrong with you? Now, in a way, she's right. But at that moment, that was not what I needed to hear. What I needed at that moment was a hug. And hugs are rare. I think from age five to age 20, my mom might have hugged me five times. I think I walked 35, 40 minutes as a 10-year-old to my auntie's house. Why am I telling this story? 40 years later, I realized sometimes, whether it be in a marriage, relationship, partnership, whatever, 
sometimes people might do something that you don't agree with, right? Sometimes people are actually defending you and you get mad because the way they defended you was a little harsh. At the end of the day, there's an enemy out there or op. Why are you giving the op momentum? Go embrace your partner, man. This ain't something you got to make a habit of. I, although, I, obviously, there's people giving you know, trophies for participation. I ain't talking about that. I'm talking at that moment, someone who's vulnerable. That hug might really change their life. I've had a lot of time to think in the last 48 hours. And look, not that I need to remind anyone, but I am responsible for three kids' futures. Not just financially, in a whole different level. That weight is on my shoulders, right? Daddy has been on E. Gas tank been on empty. But I still got a thousand miles to go, okay? I'm the one who has provided a roof over their heads, a very nice roof. I'm the one who's bought the clothes on their back. I'm the one who's paid for the food in their bellies. I'm the one who's paid for their leisure, extracurricular activities. Shit, I'm the one who's provided and paid for their private school education. I I don't want a pat on the back. My kids didn't ask to be here. Me and Nicolette brought them into the world. You know what I'm saying? But I think about that as I'm going through a really tough time. I should be proud of it. And I am. I shouldn't give a fuck about what anyone else thinks because I really don't come from a lot of cheerleading, right? I don't come from a background of cheerleading. But once in a while, man, (laughs) it would be nice. We celebrate moms all the time. You see Mother's Day as a 50 million times bigger than, than Father's Day. Look, just want to say I miss you, Kaya. It's been a long time, baby girl. London writer, I miss you so much. Hold it down, y'all. We are stronger together as a family, not against each other. I always tell them when they fight, you got to protect each other, Ryder. Someone comes after London, you go fight for him. You lose whatever. Y'all lost with motherfucking, you know what I'm saying, with, with respect. Go down fighting. London, I know you're not, but, but you know what? Someone attacks Ryder, same thing. Get his back. You guys got to protect each other when mom and dad aren't around. And no matter what, no matter how much you guys argue with Kaya, you always 
have to protect your baby sister. We need to stick together. There's gigantic corporations out there like Google, right? Fucking 20,000 employees. Who knows? I don't know how many employees they have. Tons of fucking offices all over the world. But then there's companies out there with 25 employees who've made more of an impact in their respected fields. You get what I'm saying? My circle is small. I don't even know if my circle could actually make and form a circle if we gathered around. But the Yang Yang, we can rival any army if we stick together. It's tough being away from my kids, man. You know, it, it's, it's like jail. Well, it's not like jail, right? I could obviously walk freely. I just can't, you know, it's their mom's time right now, right? My mind will forever have memories of them. I have millions of pictures. I look at them all day long, all throughout the day. And even though they're only 20 minutes away, it feels like they might as well be 20,000 miles away, right? It's like, you ever save up and still not have enough money for something that you want, that you really want though, you know? Like you saved up $17,000 and then you go buy something and be like, oh shit, the price is 19. Okay. So you go hustle a little bit more, you go get that extra two bands and now the price is 23000 right? You ever had that? You know what I'm talking about? It's just, it's just not enough, right? You're a little too late. <laughs> it's a story of my life in so many ways, but again, remember, I'm blessed. I realized the only way I've survived the last two days is by taking life minute by minute. I literally can't even take it day by day right now. And even though this time alone is for me to reflect and probably focus on me and strengthen me, it's hard as fuck not to think about my kids, right? Especially after we just spent like the best 11 days of my life, best trip of their life, sans Kaya, right? As much as I must protect and take care of my mental health, I still worry about them. And I got to remind people, if shit goes bad for me, it goes bad for everyone. Now, outside of, you know what I'm saying, my three kids, I am responsible for people's livelihoods. There's several. There's, a, you know, a good amount of people who, you know, they, they definitely rely on me to deliver. I can't speak on the adults. I got to worry about those three kids and make sure they're all right. Nick has done a great job teaching them how to be gentler with the earth and with each other. And I know I have brought more of the discipline to the family, right? And I bring tough love to their life. But please believe I will teach London and Ryder how to make money, how to hustle, how to make a dollar out of 15 cents. How to buy something for a dollar and sell it for three and do it a thousand times a day. On the flip side, I will make sure Kaya never has to worry about another man taking care of her. 
No, I don't want her to be like, fuck you and everyone, you know, whatever, boom. I just want her to be happy. I don't want to have to worry about that. I don't want her to be with some clown, but I don't want her to have to worry about that. That's my goal. My mom worried about money and providing and didn't take care of herself until after she divorced my dad. My dad whooped her fucking ass, right? Beat her ass. Beat my ass, beat Gene's ass, beat David's ass. Fucked us all up. All she wanted my dad was to do is just fucking tell her that she loved, he loved her. That was it. I am so grateful that my mom found love again. Leo, my stepdad, man, is one of the most remarkable men I've ever met in my entire life. Sharp, kind, strong, fuck, swag, played golf. Rest in peace, man. I was there for the last two weeks of his life. I was there to his, his last breath. Shit, Nicolette was there right next to me. That shit was hard because, uh, you know, I lost Jonas that same year. You know, I resented my mom. Probably to understand why I resented her, you know, during my youth. Because, you know, she, you know, her love language was gifts and money. Again, not hugs. She was barely around. And it's not like she was traveling. She was, she was local. She was downtown LA. She just wasn't around. You know what I'm saying? And that's where I get that same shit, that same, you know, energy. Right? I have that same energy. I, I you know, giving gifts and, and, and that shit, that, that's my love language with the kids and stuff and everything, right? Except my actual love for them and my affection for them is 10 times greater than what I had growing up. The warmth that we have the love that I have for my kids, it's a given for Nick. She's that way. But we all have our moments. My parents did the bare minimum in parenting. Right? I was listening to Joe Budden when he was reacting to uh, Rory Amal, his ex-co-host, talking about him. He's like, look, you motherfuckers do the bare minimum and expect to be a top show. I don't really know any of them. I just know them like, you know, know of them and we know each other, whatever, follow on social media here and there. But he's right. Out of 355 episodes of BTB, I'll tell you, I might have telephoned four of them. No more than five. Still got it done because I knew how to get it done. My mom figured, you know what? My kids have way more than I did when I was coming up. My mom's childhood was real tough. My dad's was even way worse. Okay. Well, my kids got 20 times more than I got. So I can't even, you know, compare what the fuck is going on. You ain't going to see no bare minimum parenting here. I refuse, refuse to. And not even on some fucking podcast shit. My dad... All he cared about was education and religion. That's it. You already know how I feel about both those things. 
my main care is to provide for them and make sure that they have a happy, fulfilling life. I want them to find purpose in their life. I want them to be happy. I want them to figure it out, right? I want them to be passionate about something. I don't care if they're veterinarians. I don't care if they're engineers. You know, Ryder said some funny shit the other day. He's like, you know, maybe I'll work at Chick-fil-A. I'm like, nah, man. Maybe when you're 15 or 16, cool. My boy Aaron Levant, CEO of Network, he was like, hey, bro, I went through a divorce, homie. Just drown yourself in work. And I'm like, nah, man. That, that's, that ain't it. I could. Sitting in the hotel room ain't exactly, you know, fun. Just be bored and be, be whatever. Doing this emergency podcast because I really feel like I need to say some shit, right? I can't focus on work. I can't even focus on me right now. But I do need to find some peace and happiness. But that void in my heart that I had way before Nick, my kids filled that. I remember getting really happy when I got my first car. There was a point in time from like 04 to like 09, even up to like maybe 2014, I'd look in the garage, be like, yo, I got a new car. And it was like that unheralded feeling. It's just that crazy, like you get excited, like, oh shit, that should look crazy, man. Put some tint, you know, some wheels, whatever, boom, and exhaust, I don't know. I don't give a fuck about none of that shit. I'll take a look at my kids from a distance, playing a video game, being on a computer, chilling. My son will start skipping around the house, whatever. Can watch them sleeping. Any day of the week. And that will fulfill 20 hearts. And I don't care how old they get. I am always going to give all my kids hugs and kisses. I am their protector. My kids know they're safe around me. My boys still hold my hands when we walk on the street. You know what I'm saying? London at a certain point is kind of getting too old to do that, but it's, it's fine. During this time, it's so important that I don't slander their mother. And I never will. I, I say, you know what? Mom loves you to death. I've seen my friend's parents fight. Put the kids against one another. That just, the kids need both parents, period. Like I said, I don't got to be a great ex-husband to be a great dad, but really thinking about what's going on right now is, is whether we have two philosophies, how kids are raised, California is a no-fault state. And yesterday I was stuck in traffic driving through Silver Lake and it should have been a 19 minute drive, ended up being a 47 minute drive. So many memories popped in my head. First crib that me and um, Nick and London had, London was born in this crib with this, uh, with literally his, the fuck is the room called, not the crib, the, uh, his nursery. Stuck in traffic, in a G wagon, and I can't stop thinking the fact that Money does not buy happiness. When London was born, I, I started getting, you know, a little bit. We had a little something. I, I you know, had a little, little bread tucked in. It was, was starting to go good. And Nick was like the good luck charm, right? When Ryder was born, you know, we, we, I was still, you know, figuring it out. 
I was not stagnant, but I was like, you know, I was, I was, I wasn't really going up the elevator super fast. I was, you know, not even an escalator. It was like a little incline. It was no decline. When Kai was born is when things started to change, right? Obviously the Plain Jane song came out, other shit. I had gone crazy. Okay. But right after London was born is when I took one of my biggest L's. I talked about it. We just got robbed. I remember coming home. We had a great weekend. I thought shit with Nicholas. Grandmother was in town. I felt fucking like, yo, we got a Rolls Royce. We chilling. The crib is cool, whatever. They took 85% of everything I pretty much owned. I remember Nick crying, bawling. One, because we had just lost, you know, pretty much everything. Number two, they had taken some really sentimental items that she got from her great-grandmother. But you know what? I bounced back. I couldn't sit there and like, you know, I had to focus for a little bit. I was like, yo, this is crazy. That was 2012, you know what I'm saying? I was fucking, I was 39. And also, that was 2000, yeah, 2012, fuck. I was 39. London was just born. I bounced back. I remember Q... George and Jack from Platinum, they had threw me some bread, you know what I'm saying? Gotta thank you, Q, man. Rest in peace, bro. But Nick Diamond, he was the one that really set it off for me. Nick didn't give me no money. He did way better than that. He gave me an opportunity. And we took that diamond supply shit to a different level. And I didn't fuck off that bread. I saved it, you know what I mean? I knew that that was important to like, that was oxygen for us. I made it happen. I knew what I had to do. Right. So now at 50, it's like I got to come back like it's 2012, except it's 10 times harder. Because again, I got fucking three kids to worry about until at least into their, you know, early 20s or something, you know. And right now I don't have what I had two, three years ago. My cushion over the last two years has gone down a lot because I wanted to spend more time with my family. I pivoted careers into golf. I changed my life again and again so I could dedicate my life so we could have a little bit more comfort, you know? Saw my boy Alex Quintani today and he's like, yo, you all right, man? Why you get rid of cars? You know, you, you, you having trouble with money? I was like, no, man. Just wasn't where I was, you know what I'm saying? I'm just not... I don't really care about that. I really care about my family. Now, money provides convenience, of course, right? Conveniences provide or come with, you know, some consequences, right? With your kids and stuff, I mean, like, having a lot of convenience might develop entitlement. Having money, maybe their friends know when they have money, may attract vultures. I just want my kids to know later that I went all the way to the mountaintop for them. And even though I'm in a dark hole, there is light at the end of the tunnel. I know there is. I know there is. Am I going to make it there? Man, I got no choice. It just sucks right now because it's a solo mission. Like I've been having really bad thoughts. Shit, I thought I hit rock bottom a month ago. 
and I stepped into quicksand and dropped like another 300 feet. Like, a week ago, maybe less than that, I don't know. I came very close to losing my mind and not recovering from it. But I, I have no choice. I want to see my kids grow up. Right? I want to see grandkids. And guess what? It's not even up to my kids. They're too young. They don't understand the pressure. They don't understand the weight that I have on my back. They don't understand what's going through my mind. You know, I see London looking at me once in a while. He's like, Daddy, I'm sorry you're going through something. I'm like, no, I'm all right. I'm sorry your back hurts. Head hurts. I don't want my kids to think about that, you know. I'm glad that they even care, you know, it's cool. I know I can be hard on myself, but if I don't put a fire under my own ass, then where's the motivation for my ass to move, right? I want my kids to be content, but not too content. They say a bird in the hand is worth more than two in the bush. Look, I do what I do for my kids. That's it. Once I sold all my exotic cars and luxury shit, I really knew I didn't give a fuck about anything else. I do not regret on how things went down in the last 10 years as a father. I do not regret how present I've been and how much I've been there for my kids. Especially because what I've provided. I didn't miss anything big. I never missed a milestone. I never missed a single birthday. Not a major holiday. The golden era isn't even here yet. It's going down right now is the time where it means much more. Especially during this time. I'll be the co-director with them. For them. This ain't some situation like, you know, like what we adopted a puppy. I ain't got to just walk them and make sure they take a shit outside, pick up the poop. And it's like, no, I got to worry about what they're going to be in life. How society will view them. That's me and Nick's responsibility. You know, three months ago, I had this calmness in my mind, even though I was in a hotel because I was getting ready for, you know, the pro-am. And I had it because I was like, you know what? It's all good. Drive two hours, get back. Get back to where? To home base. I always had that calmness when I was traveling because I always knew there was a home base to come back to. In fact, Nicolette was the first call I made after I won the Farmers PGA Pro-Am. Not TaylorMade, not Ron, nobody. So right now as I'm recording this emergency podcast, not having a home base, it's not even real to me. Don't even, I've never had this before in my life. Even when I'm with my sister, like I don't know, I did, that's totally fucking different. I'm a father. I set up that home for my kids, for their future. I protected that house for them. And it's wild now that that crib is going to be gone inside a few months. It's fucking sad. I just want to teach my kids 
the important values to live by. Make sure they have self-regard, right? Obviously, respect their elders and the basic of the bullshit, but I'm talking about something totally different. It's up to me to teach them the game. You know? Do you have any idea how many emails I get, even especially now, but I'm talking about throughout the last 15 years, how many people want me to mentor them? I mentor like three people in my life. I ain't no fucking mentor, but I'm a dad. And my obligation is to teach them the game. I want my kids to respect the dollar bill. I will humble my kids. I want them all to know that my life has catered to them. And that's why they eat well. I hope one day all three kids come back and check out the archives and listen to this show. Let them know how much I fucking love them. There's a reason why by the time it mattered, like when London and Ryder were in preschool and all that, whatever, I used to drop them off in a Ferrari every day, you know, this and that, we school rides. There's a reason I didn't drop them off at school in the last two or three years in a Lambo when it mattered so that their friends could see and all that stuff. I already knew we were different. I don't want to fuck their heads up. I don't want them to be, I don't want any extra attention on them. They already carry the Yang name. Our family tree is going to be a redwood, the tallest out there, the strongest out there. Even though Kaya is going to maybe change her name and I'll talk to her about that, I need my kids to understand I want them to carry on this legacy. I don't do drugs, right? You know, I barely, I haven't smoked weed in a long time. But having my kids for that long also put like a lot of perspective in my mind. Now that they're gone, it's like the withdrawal symptoms, right? Shit, my kids eat three squares a day and snack throughout the day. And let me tell you something, my kids did not eat McDonald's every fucking day. In 11 days, they had breakfast twice in Hawaii. And by the way, Hawaii's just different. And they had McDonald's once for lunch. In fact, Ryder's like, that's not healthy. It's like, daddy, how do I lose weight? What do I do? I'm like, we got to exercise with a walk, man. Shouldn't consider kids or compare them to drugs, right? Just saying I'm addicted to them. We were walking through Waikiki and then we jumped into an Uber, headed to Diamond Head. And I told my sons, I said, listen, man, all my childhood, I was trying to fit in. I wanted to fit in with everyone else. I wanted everyone to accept me and like me. It wasn't until about maybe like probably about writer's age that I realized I was different. I wasn't the same. Couldn't fit in. From that point on, I knew I was different. Something wasn't the same. You know, I didn't want to just follow the path. I was a lone wolf. I made my own path, right? I wasn't regular. Yeah, you know, us as humans, we all believe we, you know, walk the same wild, you know, sidewalks. But we do not occupy the same mindset or have the same drive or the same hustle. My kids are exotic because they got my brain. I don't want my kids to be like anybody else. I don't want them to be anything like my mom, my dad, 
any of their grandparents. I hope they are a perfect 50-50 of me and their mom. Because that is a deadly combo for real. I realize how much London is like his mom. And then I realize how much Ryder is just like me. And Kai has like a little bit of both of us, right? But to tell you the truth, I don't really know what Nick was like as a kid. You know, to be honest, I don't know many stories about her childhood. I just know I'm excited for the future and I can't wait to go out and have a drink with my kids. You know what I'm saying? Like, have a beer with my boys. I don't know. By the way, guys, I think I found a new crib. Hope it works out. It's a huge difference from where I've lived in the last like eight years. But it's a good grind spot. And it'd be a good home for my kids temporarily, right? I don't want my kids to be in the suburbs. I also don't want my kids to grow up in the streets. You know what I'm saying? Like I was around some of the worst kids and also some of the really rich, privileged kids. I just want them to be in a safe area, not look over their shoulder. And I always want them to know that both me and Nick will always be there for them in a different way. I know what my parents did was wrong and I'm not doing that. That's why I've approached parenthood totally different than the way they have with me. You know, every car comes with a different manual and my life has like five manuals because I'm like just crazy different. But one thing about me that I am proud of is I know how to get out of trouble. And right now I'm behind some trees and a bunker on my approach shot and I can't double bogey this hole. I don't even want to bogey this hole. I got to make par or better. And with people talking about the golf game and everything and cheating and all that stupid shit, y'all are fucking dumb as fuck. Because I'm around too many people that respect the game and I can't disrespect them like that. That's why I put in the work. Hit some balls yesterday and that shit felt fucking good and I can't wait for this wash lord thing, but this ain't about that. I know why I inherited this reputation of capping and that's because my stories have exaggerations in them. Because if I say I saw like seven Martians riding camels down Sunset Boulevard, I would never say that if I didn't at least see one. And do you know how fucking ridiculous that is that I see one? I saw a Martian riding a camel. <laughs> that's why they call me the Forrest Gump, y'all. I'm just saying, life is crazy. You know, before we get out of here, my therapist told me something. He's like, she's like, one act of kindness equals a deposit and one rude action is a withdrawal. And right now it seems like you're overdrawn. Let me tell you how much bullshit that is. A thank you and a hug doesn't equate to buying a mansion. Telling someone to fuck off and that they suck doesn't zero out someone getting you a car. Especially when it's not your birthday or Christmas. Not saying being rude is, you know what I'm saying? Just people focus on the bad, right? People are more sensitive. People have the the positive withdrawals different. 
And she said that with like, you know, okay, look, what if you make a deposit for 30,000? Other person makes withdrawal for 17,000. Then now you make a deposit for 50,000 and the other person makes withdrawal for 5,000. Ain't no goddamn way telling somebody, man, that meal sucked that you make, which is a fucking shitty thing to say because they tried. Is taking out more than someone who paid for the meal. Whether you, you, you don't want to hear facts, people don't want to hear facts, they hate analogies. All right, I'm just saying. This ain't regard to anybody specific. I'm just saying currency is different in every country. Okay? The pesos don't match up to a dollar, the yen doesn't match up to a euro. One million yen could be 2,000 euros. It's just a bad comparison. Yes, one good hug and a kiss could equal one slap, okay? You get in a fight, okay, that's withdrawal, great. You guys go have sex and make love, boom, okay. You know, that's a, a deposit. Someone goes out and changes someone's life for you, that might be 60, 70 deposits right there. Someone lies to you, might be three withdrawals. Again, just something I wanted to say, guys. Look, guys, I'm on a new path. I hope I didn't bum you guys out too much. But remember, the BB logo will always stand for Ben Baller. But right now, it means be better. All right? Emergency Podcast. I love you guys. We out. Peace.